Hey there, welcome to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You're going to hear inspiring stories of men and women who are embracing their top five Clifton strengths in all kinds of ways. You'll be encouraged to understand more about what's so great about you. Learn how knowing, developing, and living more moments using your strengths can bring you joy and purpose in your life. I'm your host, Barbara Colo. Hi there. Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths. I am excited for you to hear from my next guest today, Chris Hines. Chris is a Gallup certified coach. I followed him and listened and learned from him for several years. I love hearing about his own path in learning and growing, making shifts in his life to be in a place of thriving. Having two talents the same as Chris, maximizer and empathy, I especially loved hearing how he leans into those both wholeheartedly in his work, and I'm sure at home too. You're going to enjoy hearing his explanation of how valuable various assessments can be in figuring out your best spot to make your best contribution to have a difference in the world. If you find this podcast helpful, I would appreciate it if you would leave a review and share it with a friend. If you would like to learn more about how you can know your top five Clifton strengths, I would love to connect with you. You can reach out to me at barbaracolwell.com. Hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi there. Welcome, Chris, to Embrace Your Strength. So glad to have you here today. Hey, Barbara. Great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yes, this is um, such a treat for me. I've kind of followed you over the years and loved all the wisdom and encouragement you've had in your blog and your former podcast that you had. But um, I would love for you to just introduce yourself, who you are, where you live, and what you do. Sure. Uh, yeah. Well, my name is Chris Hines, and um, currently I'm the director of people and associate experience for a company called Carter Myers Automotive (CMA), uh, based here in Charlottesville, Virginia. I've only been at this job for about two months, uh, but we are a large auto uh, dealership chain. We've got 23 locations and 1,200 employees. And so I run the HR team or the, or the people team, as we call it, both payroll and human resources, um, both um, both uh, here locally, but also I'm on the road a bit at, at all of our different stores. Um, so that's what I'm doing professionally. Um, I'm able to use um, coaching and consulting as well as assessments and training that I've done in the past and use it for the benefit of our employees here. Um, I have a family of five, so I'm married to Colette of 23 years married, and we have three kids, Asia, Rex, and Asher. Asia's 20, um, Rex is uh, almost 17, and almost getting his license, actually, mm. and um, Asher is 14. Oh, that's great. Well, I would love to um, just start with you telling about what your top five Clifton strengths are and what your journey has been in knowing them. Sure. Um, so my top five talent themes, number one, belief, number two, maximizer, uh, number three, responsibility, number four, developer, and number five, empathy. Uh, so I really love these talent themes and I can see how I use them. I mean, probably every day, uh, if not definitely every week. 
Um, my journey in finding them. So I got exposed to Clifton Strengths at the time, Strengths Finder, through this leadership program at our church. Um, we had this this uh, this experience. I forget what it was called. Leadership Advance. That's what it was called. And my wife and I had just recently moved from California to Pennsylvania in our mid twenties, and we came into this new community and we had this great leadership opportunity, sort of a leadership training event. And so Clifton Strength Strengths Finder was part of that. So that's when I was first exposed to them, but didn't really do much with them, honestly. It was kind of nice, nice information. We talked about it in the confines of that retreat, but didn't do anything with it outside of it. But it wasn't until a couple of years later where a call a colleague and friend at work who studies a lot about leadership development, reads a lot of business books and so forth. He was using it for his team at work. And I sort of caught wind of that and thought it was, thought it was very interesting seeing it used practically in the, in the workplace. And so I got intrigued with strengths again and rebought books. And mm -hmm. um, I don't think I retook the assessment then, but I pulled out my results and started actively applying them in the workplace. Uh, but it really was just more about me and my own work kind of work style until eventually in that workplace, I got to lead a team of, for myself, led the marketing team. And I really liked how it brought his team together. And so I had our maybe five, six person marketing team do strengths. And we really started actively using that them on the team. That intrigued me for how a manager can use it on the team to draw people together, sort of assign work, uh, build work partnerships. But it was really just us and the team. Well, then if, fast forward a few years later, I moved to the lead HR role for the company. And so then I became responsible for company-wide training, team building events, employee engagement, and so at that point, I went out and got certified by Gallup as a certified Gallup strengths coach, and then began using it with all the teams in the company and all new hires. So we really became a strength-based organization as a result. And because of what we were doing internally, um, I started doing that externally with other organizations, including Penn State University, uh, and that is where my consulting business was kind of born bec because I loved what it meant for us internally and then began doing it outside of the company and was able to impact more organizations um, using strengths. Wow. That's a that's an exciting journey of just kind of just opening the next door and seeing just like you say, how practical it is for teams and people. And wow, that's great. I know I've used it with a lot of teams um, in my work with crew, not with crew anymore, but um, still it's just so awesome to see people in a group kind of have light bulbs about each other, about mm -hmm. themselves. And um, I don't know, I'm sure we're both preaching to the choir here of just how great a tool it can be. So, well, even as you think about your particular strengths, what, I mean, I can see just how those are just suit exactly all the things that you said you've been doing, but is there any of them in particular that were really 
highlighted more in some of the things you've done, or even as you gravitate mm-hmm. to different roles that you see just that you're in your jet stream with your, how you're wired. Yeah, it's a great, well, well, Barbara, for me being in this new role, um, and sort of coming in and seeing what can become better. Um, I think maximizer is something I've, I've used much more of these days when I was, when I had my own business for the last two years, um, I didn't, I probably didn't use maximizer as much. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I used some other talents more, but being here, coming into a new culture, coming into a new sort of standard operating procedures and how things go. My maximizer is just really, really on, on high alert. A lot of the time Uh recognizing improvements and efficiencies and in processing. Um, so that is one that I use a lot, but I'm also very aware of how helpful empathy is. Um, I think empathy for me has been really useful in training settings or coaching settings where I'm really able to take on the perspective of the other um, and and design trainings or um, design a, a coaching process um, with the other in mind. Um, I really like the combination of maximizer, you know, pushing for quality, pushing for improvement and taking what's good and making it great along with empathy um, being attuned to the other perspective or other, other person's feelings just really helps me like be a little softer and a little more patient with the maximizer. Whereas if I didn't have that, I think I could just be like a big jerk, honestly. (laughs) Oh no, no, no. I could be Barbara. I could be a jerk. So I'm really appreciative of those two. And I'm also noticing how belief um, doing work around my core values really energizes me. Um, uh, in this new place, cause I'm trying to find my, 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 my footing, kind of my position, well, what am I here for? How far can I go and all that? And so doing values oriented work and having a clear understanding of the sort of the why and the reason behind why we do certain things has been so important for me. Um, so, cause I'm not, um, you know, we're an automotive company and I've never worked in automotive. And I haven't really cared much about cars, to be honest. <laughs> it's just been like a means of getting here to there, yeah. you know? And so from an industry standpoint, I just don't intrinsically care that much about the auto business. But now being in it, I'm really seeing how really amazing this, this industry is um, and can really see the value that this industry plays in our world and in people's lives. I mean what car you drive and how you get to work and how you get to family outings is really personal. Yeah. Um, And so this transportation business is really personal and valuable. And I'm also seeing how, how, what an amazing career it can be for folks. There are, there's a huge revenue potential in the automotive industry for people at the same time, having zero educational debt, um, and so I can see how a young person who doesn't want to have debt can be trained up and is on a path to make one hundred dollars to $200,000 over the cor- per year over the course of their career in automotive. And there's just aren't that many industries like that. Yeah. And so I say all this to say, I'm really starting to see the value of this industry 
And my belief theme really needs to see that mm -hmm. um, because otherwise I don't feel as engaged in that work unless I really see the value. Yeah. So I think my belief theme has been an interesting one that has had to develop in this role over time, but now I'm bought in. Yeah. That makes so much sense. I'd never really thought about those things. I just drive the car my husband decides to buy and I don't, but I like <laughs> it, but it's, yeah, like you say, it's a whole different world to think about that. It is, yeah. So I am curious. I know you've, like you mentioned, even just understanding your values and even having tools for the for your employees, but just that in the past that you've used a lot of different assessments. And I love just yeah. your kind of expertise on so many different things of what, what they bring and what they're trying to get to, to help people. What are some of your, I know it was probably could be a whole hour long or more discussion of that, but even just your, your takeaways of what, what you think is, is worth people's time. I mean, they all, I know they all get at different things. So just kind of your two cents on the different assessments. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, Clifton Strengths, we both love that deeply. Yes. Clifton Strengths, uh, all about talent themes and what you do well. So that to me is like the building block of really great performance, as well as a lot of other areas too, like relationships and communication. But, but Clifton Strengths, talent themes, is what you'd be you'd be sort of understanding there. Um, I really like the Highlands assessment as well. Highlands is a um, it measures innate abilities, but what's unique about Highlands is that it is a series of performance tests you do on your computer, and so it's very objective. You know, it measures things like learning style, problem solving abilities, personal style. Um, using these these sort of tests on your computer. Um, so I like it, right, because it's not self-reported like the other assessments are, where you're really relying on your own sense of self in your mindset in order to um, receive these results. Highlands, there's like no gaming the system. Um, you can't fake it. You either perform well on these different abilities or you don't. Um, and so what Highlands is useful for is getting a really objective measure of your natural abilities. And then what Highlands does is it makes career predictions or job type predictions based on what your results are. It's gotten me to think of myself in new ways. And I think that I am in this new job role in large part due to the results of Highlands because it helped me see my capabilities in a new way that other assessments haven't. So I like it in terms of it just presenting new possibilities for the types of work you're good at, types of work you could do and be satisfied in. And I also think Highlands is a really powerful career planning tool where, um, and we're starting to experiment, by the way, using Highlands within our company where it can, if you want to keep a really key performer in your organization, but they've sort of outgrown or exhausted their current role, and you're wondering mm, what other what other reasonable roles might they be good at, and other ways to keep them engaged in the company, Highlands can help reveal other possibilities to keep folks on your team 
and it's all objective. So it's not just about sort of gut feel or like, what do you enjoy doing? It's really like, what are you naturally good at? And where could we use you? All right. So, so Highlands, I'd, I'd highly, highly recommend. Uh, I also am a big believer in uh, the right path assessment, right path measures behavioral traits, things like methodical or more improvising, or are you more diplomatic or more blunt? So these are sort, sort of behavioral traits. And I've used this extensively in hiring. So I wouldn't use Clifton Strengths in hiring. I wouldn't use Highlands in hiring, but I would use Right Path and have used Right Path in hiring because you can understand how people are sort of hardwired behaviorally and how sort of intense those traits are. And then in an interview, you can start asking questions to learn how they use those traits or how they've learned to use those traits. Right Path also has a 360 assessment tool, which is useful in gaining self-awareness around your own emotional intelligence or performance or change management. You know, uh, so I, I think Right Path can be used in a variety of ways, but it's all around behavioral traits, which are a bit different than theme, talent themes. So you can have a talent theme of, we'll say self-assurance, but if you're diplomatic or you're blunt, <laughs> that's going to show up in different ways. So if you sort of cross over talent themes with right path behavioral traits, you can get very different manifestations of that personality based on either one of those different personality slices. So um, they're valuable together. I also really enjoy the Enneagram. Um, I know in Christian communities, there's maybe mixed reception of the Enneagram. Um, so uh, I understand that. But um, I personally, as a Christian, um, have found a lot of value in the Enneagram. And I think some of it is all, it's all about sort of how you choose to use the Enneagram, what you choose to use it for. The Enneagram is open source which means anyone can kind of do anything with the Enneagram yeah. and, you know, use it toward their ends. And so because it's open source, you are going to find a lot of different uses of the Enneagram online. Um, so I would just say, don't write it off if you Google Enneagram and you find it being used in some ways you wouldn't use it because you're also going to find some very positive ways people use it. Um, but it's all sort of in the eye of the beholder and how you choose to use it. So the Enneagram really gets at sort of core motivations and then can draw some, some, some conclusions or some discoveries about those core motivations in terms of, you know, all sorts of things like behavior, conflict, communication, and so forth. It's all, it's all around these nine motivational drives or nine personality styles Enneagram means nine figures in Greek. So that's what that tool is aimed at. It's a deeper tool. Some workplaces, many workplaces are using the Enneagram today as standard practice, but definitely it's more used in more spiritual or psychological communities. But hey, I, I've devoted a lot of my, my uh, recent years to strengths and Enneagram together and noticing the connections and correlations between the two. 
So I, I think there's a lot of value also in strengths and Enneagram together. You're going to hear from me a lot today, Barbara, <laughs> use strengths with this tool, use strengths with this tool, because I just think strengths needs to be like the basic operating tool, Yeah. but you can mirror it on top of other tools. would also say that Pathway U is an assessment I've used. Pathway U is helpful because it is a little bit of a watered down version of Highlands because it can give you... Uh, career predictions and predictions on an educational path based on your personality. It's it's a lot less robust in its sort of assessment than Highlands, but you can get great information around your vocational interests, workplace preferences, workplace values, and some personality stuff. So I think I think Pathway U is is a great tool to use if you want a sort of light version in terms of career and educational discernment. And then the very last type of assessment I would I would commend would be values and needs. Uh, the Real Life Process Group, they have put out this great values and needs assessment, which helps you understand what are your core needs and what your core needs are met, then what core values are important for you to live out. Um, I think about values and needs very regularly and me understanding what my core values and needs are has helped me make decisions about work, about work environment uh, and personal life. Like if I'm feeling off center, it's like maybe one of my core needs isn't being met or maybe a core value is being sort of pinched. And, and so I can sort of run, run, the, run myself through my little filter and ask questions like what's not being met, what's being pinched. And often it's because a value or a need is being ignored. So sorry for the quick, the quick rundown of these assessments, but um, I, I think that all of these are valuable depending on what you're looking for. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's so helpful. And I think, I mean, as we know, it's like people were around, I mean, that we work with, or, I mean, people all the time want to know who am I, where do mm -hmm. I fit, where, what kind of job should I have, or why isn't this working? I mean, just all those questions. And I love just the explanation, like you say, of what each of those can help bring insight to for someone. I'm curious, because I feel like a lot of people, at least that I'm around, are into Enneagram for sure mm -hmm. and strengths. Mm -hmm. But like, what would you say as you integrate even your Enneagram and your strengths? Like what's, mm -hmm. what's a little snippet of that kind of integration? Yeah. So I'm a type three on the Enneagram. I really am driven to succeed, to accomplish things, to move, to move projects forward. I'm pretty fast moving and pretty energetic and can have a, like a lot of things going on at once. And so that's my motivational drive is to succeed um, type three. And then the way I envision that is that since I'm high in a belief and maximizer, uh, particularly I'm really going to move work forward that I believe in, that is values oriented to me. And also because I'm a high empathy developer, the work I want to move forward and the accomplishments I want to see after my name are really people oriented, wanting to help people grow, wanting to help people feel seen and heard, but also wanting them to recognize their potential via maximizer. And I also think because I'm high responsibility, I don't leave balls dropped. 
I may have a lot going on at once, but I'm pretty good at like seeing those things through because I feel like a personal responsibility to people once I start something. And so I have seen that for me in my life. I've got a lot of things going on. I can, I can handle them, but I have to, I have to be clear that these are helping people and there's like a clear payoff for people and helping them move forward. Um, that's why I think this company CMA is such a great fit. Our mission statement is moving lives forward. And so we are an automotive company, but we're really focused on moving lives forward. Uh, the lives of our uh, employees, our associates, we, we call ourselves associates because everyone's an owner. Uh, every every employee owns stock in the company that's given to us. And so we really take ownership of the company. So our company wants to move associates' lives forward. We want to move forward the lives of our customers. And we want to, we want to move forward the lives in our communities. Uh, and so I was really drawn to this company, not because I love the car business, but because we have a very people-centric focus. And our first core value is people first. And so I think that the, the activity and all the all, the, all the, the, the flurry of activity as a type three and sort of undertaking these big initiatives, these big projects that haven't, haven't been done before here in the company. My type threeness is coming out in big projects and initiatives, but they're really aligned with this people first value, truly moving lives forward as a result of my empathy and, and, and uh, developer. And so it's a really, really beautiful combo of drive by the Enneagram and strengths via Clifton Strengths in this job role. Hmm, that's awesome. I love that. I know before we started recording, you mentioned that you are involved with your fellows program that your church kind of helps sponsor. Tell tell me a little bit about that because I can definitely see how all these things that you care about are able to be implemented with these folks? Yeah, yeah. Great question, Barbara. Yeah. So I've been fascinated with the idea of calling that God has made us for certain reasons. And as we dig into our personality and our interests and our values, that who we are can be descriptive or illustrative or lead us to the idea of God's intent for us, sort of design follows intent is the, the big idea here. Design follows intent. And so as we pay attention to how we're wired, that can give us a clue as to the reasons why God made us. And I see that as calling. And so uh, this fellows program is a national program. There's maybe 20 or 25 local chapters of the National Fellows Initiative. And our church in Charlottesville, Virginia, is a host of one of these fellows programs here. It's called the Trinity Fellows Program because our church is Trinity Presbyterian Church. Um, and what we do in the fellows program is we take uh, recent college graduates who want to take a year off before work or grad school or whatever comes next. And they want to take a year to sort of learn and struggle through this topic of calling and vocation. Uh, among other like-minded students. And so our program um, has 12, so six females, six males. We've been larger in the past, but for now, six males, six females that are in this year together 
of, of learning, you know, of seminary level courses, working in a job, living with a, a host family from our church, doing volunteer and ministry work, uh, and receiving this great programming, all in the context of how did God make me? Uh, what does that mean for my calling in life, callings in life? Uh, what questions should I be asking? What is, how is God speaking to me through my mentor? How is God speaking to me through my host family? How is God speaking through the other f- fellows in the program? How is God speaking to me through my workplace? Or in our church, we have some ministry assignments that aren't in the marketplace, but they're a couple e- ecclesial fellow positions for folks who want to train in church ministry. And so you have the, all this like community and all these experiences together that really becomes kind of this, this, this melting pot of experiences and God speaking so that st- these students have a gr- greater clarity in their walk with Christ and how that walk will be played out in the marketplace or in church ministry as they, they head into whatever's next. And these are like top, top people. You, you said your daughter did it. Yeah, she uh, did it in year. Birmingham, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we have to turn people away because we have we have applicants. So many applicants apply that we don't have a spot for, and we really do a, a job of discerning God's will for the fellows group. And so sometimes we get an applicant that is we discern a great fit for our program, so we bring them in or her in. Some we say, hey, we think you're great for the fellows initiative, but not not a fit for us. But here's 20 some other programs you could apply to. Or sometimes we just we just feel like ah, we feel like God is something else for you entirely. And we sort of give them give them that that news. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a popular program and God's doing a really, really cool work. And it's a blessing to see these like lights come off um, as as these assessments come in and as these group experiences come in and as these other experiences that are sort of intentional um, in the fellows program and just see how God works. Mm. It's really beautiful. That's exciting. What, what a um, gift for them that you're there with all your tricks in your bag and all these topics. That's so awesome. Oh, thanks Barbara. That's kind. Um, Well, I am wondering I know we've kind of hit on so many different things and ways that you've been using your strengths over the years, but is there any Mm -hmm. time in particular or any experience that you, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot, but that comes to your Mm -hmm. mind when you think, wow, I, God made me for this purpose. This is what he made me for. Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I mean, I, I honestly feel that way about this particular job I'm in. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe it's top of mind because it's new and we've like already talked about it. But um, this job is very, very interesting because it is both a combination of people with 1,200 employees. There's just always issues going on. Mm-hmm. Life's messy. Relationships are messy. Life is hard. And there's always employee issues going on. And I think my developer and empathy give me real sensitivity and presentness, attuneness, attunement to the person in front of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also think this job is a real opportunity for sort of planning really big initiatives that impact all 1,200 of our employees. And so I not only have an eye for the individual employee, 
but I also have a, sort of a vision and an eye for moving 1,200 people forward in some initiative. And my, I think my responsibility and my maximizer talents come in really handy for those types of initiatives. Um, and then because I have high responsibility, I really feel an ownership over the work for it to be high quality work and don't want to drop any balls because they may really impact people. So yeah, I guess because of the the, the fit that this job feels right now and because it's sort of the latest for me, I, I feel like that's a, that's a, a true answer to your question. Mm, that's great. That's encouraging. Well, um, just a couple little more questions. Is there anything yeah. else that you'd like to share just that you think would be encouraging to our listeners and someone that's wondering about who they are, what they should do with their life or all the myriad of questions that people have lots of times that they don't even really bring to the surface sometimes. Yeah, it's great. Well, I think when people ask, what should I do with my life? I think that they should be ready to settle in and not land on something too quickly or not expect some like quick fix. Mm. I think that the Lord works through hardship and he works through our perseverance you know, right now I'm, I'm working on memorizing Hebrews 12, and um, there's some great verses in Hebrews 12, things that, that say, for an example, um, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. Mm -hmm. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. That's like Hebrews 12, maybe seven and eight. Uh-huh. And what strikes me about that is that sometimes when we're wrestling with calling and what should I do with my life, it can feel like a wilderness. It can feel like a wasteland. Like we just want to land on something and have some like burning bush show up and be like, walk you this way. <laughs> You're right. Have a really clear answer. But I don't think God often works that way. I think he wants us to walk a little bit seek his face, struggle, face some hardships, face some trials, do things that aren't altogether comfortable and, and thereby sort of answer the question, what should I do with my life that way? Because what does God want us to do with our lives? He wants us to seek him yeah. <laughs> and not fall away in hardship and trial. Um, and so I think he is, he's, he's more about the relationship and developing character in us than giving us like a quick answer. Um, the, the, the fact is, if you seek God um, and, and, and also ask questions of what am I good at? What, how has God used me in the past? What do other people see is fruit in my life in ways God's used me? If you're sort of taking the long, the long approach um, in, a, in a consistent direction, then I think God will answer those prayers. Um, I've seen many people get frustrated because they want a quick answer that can often just lead to frustration. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that's something I would say is, is settle in for the long, the long haul, mm -hmm. seek God. If you do feel hardship in the process, embrace it as discipline because God's treating you like a child, mm -hmm. like his child, a child that he loves. Yeah. Amen. That's great. Well, what has brought you joy lately or put a smile on your face? 
I would say my family. We are feeling a real sense of thriving as a family. We moved to Charlottesville about a year and a half ago, not knowing many people. We just felt led by God to move here, wanted to start like a new chapter of life. And so we moved here and it was a kind of a lonely first year uh, for my boys moving to a new schools. My daughter went to college somewhere else, then moved back with us because she just wasn't really fit where she was at. And I think she wanted to be near us. And so we are all just like in this season of thriving now, knowing more of who we are, why God moved us here, really feeling some thriving friendships here locally. Our church is awesome. We've been praying for years for like a very multi-generational church where we could have some real elders around speaking into our lives. And God has answered abundantly in that regard with regard to church fellowship and relationships. So my family brings me joy. Feeling that sense of thriving for all of us really brings me joy. Uh, and I'm just so grateful that God has uh, led us here and has led us to this season of life that we're now in. Last year was a bit rough. Um, you know, it's natural to feel lonely and kind of wondering where you are. I wasn't sure what work was going to be for me. And we didn't have friends yet and all that. But now it's so different and God's really faithful. Oh, that's so encouraging. It's a big step of faith to move to a, a new place. And especially like you say, with your kids as teenagers, and that's great mm -hmm. to, to see some encouragement in all those realms. That's awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy work day just to chat with me. And I, um, like I say, I've appreciated just the wisdom I've learned from you by listening to your podcast in the past and reading your blog and just glad to get a little um, first, first touch point with you of really understanding more about you and what drives you and what you're good at. So thank you so much. You're welcome, Barbara. I really appreciate the opportunity. We are considering a return to the podcasting world. Oh, great! As well, so um, you know more on that in the future. But um, we may, we may, we may meet paths in the airwaves. <laughs> yeah, in, uh, in the near future. <laughs> That's great. Well, yeah i I have appreciated just the things I've learned from you. So thank you so much. You're welcome, Barbara. Take thank care. You. Bye bye. Thank bye -bye. you so much for listening today. I hope this time has given you hope and encouragement about how amazing you are or helped you understand someone you know or work with or love. If you're curious about your top five strengths, you can take the assessment at cliftonstrengths.com. If this episode's been helpful to you, please leave a review, share the podcast with a friend, or subscribe to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You can find more information at Barbara Colwell. C-U-L-W-E-L-L dot -L com. I sure look forward to our next time together. Take care.